Hi, everybody. I'm Rogers Haley, the host of Rogers That, a podcast dedicated to selling without selling out, no matter what you do, whether it's business, whether it's economics, whether it is uh, professional sports, which leads us to our guest today. I uh, had the absolute honor of being a part of uh, this young stud's uh, career as a collegiate athlete at SMU here in Dallas. I met him through a program called Life After Ball, where uh, ironically, the program was designed to go and help shepherd the future generation of athletes um, that may or may not play professional sports, whether they wanted to be a firefighter, they wanted to be a teacher, or in this case, they wanted to be a professional football player. And uh, luckily, by the grace of God, last year, one of the gentlemen I got to work with was our guest today, Grant Calcaterra. He is a Californian um, uh, by way of, of Texas and Oklahoma, now lives in uh, Philadelphia. He plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. He has become a great friend. I've been able to watch his journey from being a man of faith, uh, a humble servant leader, someone who has become uh, a star on and off the field. But most importantly, he is soon to be a husband. And so today we're going to talk about all this. So Grant, uh, thanks for joining us today and thanks for being a guest. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Um, I want to start with the most important question, your hair product. If you could please tell us today what you actually are wearing and how much, how many dabbles, how many hand scoops you have. Let's start with that because I tell you what, man, you got a lot of gifts, but one of the greatest gifts is a great head of man hair. So what are you wearing today? I got to be honest with you. I don't use anything except for water and a little slick back in the morning and I just let it go. So this is just uh, about 30 minutes post shower. Uh, Got to wow. get into open air here pretty soon and just let it go. Golly, blessed. Yeah. Just absolutely blessed. Yeah. Um, so, so maybe, maybe introduce yourself to us and, you know, you're a football player, you're, you're, you're a man of many things, but maybe give us a little bit of background where we can uh, fall in love with you. Uh, like I fell in love with you last year and I fall in love with you even deeper this morning after seeing that incredible um, piece of furniture above your lip. Have you given your mustache a name yet? <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, yeah. So about the facial hair, uh, just on a bye week you know, um, just letting myself be a little bit lazy. I got to shave today because uh, of a wedding tomorrow. Uh, my fiance's sister's getting married tomorrow. Um, so that's why I'm here in Carlsbad. Um, but yeah, I guess just a little bit about myself. Uh, Roger said it all, really. I'm from, I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, grew up in Southern California. Um, played sports all my life. Um, you know, Football eventually led me to play at Oklahoma. Played there for a few years. Um, had some some health, uh, some injuries. So I actually stepped away from football for a year. Um, so um, decided to come back to football a year later. And that's what led me to SMU where I met Rogers. And uh, was lucky enough to get drafted by the Eagles and join my first season. I'll tell you what, so not, not just any Eagles season. I believe that Eagles are undefeated as we film this at the end of October. Um, you just beat the ever-living crap out of uh, the hometown Dallas Cowboys. But, you know, that's, that's, a, that's the, the, the short version of someone who has beat the statistics across the board. Uh, and maybe give us a little dive because uh, this, this program that Grant and I met through, it really was, it's one of the most special things I've ever been a part of. And Grant and I would have conversations about maybe him being a firefighter and the conversation evolved into, you know, what do you do when you make your first real check? And now Grant's a homeowner and he's 
he's done these things that most people don't do until they're my age, but he's done it at a very, very early age. But the whole premise of this podcast is, you know, giving inspiration to the future leaders and current leaders where when you get to the top, it's okay to be humble versus, you know, be a sellout. And so with you, you've played at the top level of everything, but maybe what was your journey even to becoming a college athlete, that, that pursuit and knowing that you're, you know, a highly sought after athlete and you chose, you know, two of the biggest football programs in the country in OU and SMU. But what was that headspace dealing with that as a high school kid, you know, still impressionable like you are now, but maybe walk us through that pursuit as a, you know, someone that was really wanted. Yeah, I would say in high school, um, you know, I, I mean, really as a freshman, sophomore, I didn't really, you know, I wanted to play college football. My ultimate goal really was to, to go to Penn, University of Pennsylvania. I wanted to go play in the Ivy really? League because I wanted to set myself up for, ironically, life after ball. Um, so really, I just, you know, you know, for lack of better words, worked my ass off. You know, I, I put in the extra time. Um, I remember in high school, you know, coming in on weekends uh you know doing some doing some drills on the field with some teammates you know guys who wanted it as bad as i did um and then i finally started to get some looks you know uh was going to some camps getting some getting some looks that way um got a scholarship to a bunch of places i chose oklahoma because they had a tight end there mark andrews who was you know obviously one of the best tight ends in the league now um and i knew i could come in and kind of fill his shoes whenever he left so that's why I chose there. Um, and really, I, I just wanted to play at the highest level. I always felt like I had the ability and I just wanted to, you know, compete against the best because I knew that would, you know, make me better at the end of the day. Which obviously here, here you are, but just again, part of your story that's, I think, extremely fascinating is you've had a, a different kind of obstacles. And I, I, you know, I don't know whether it's sports related injuries or having to be a backup or, you know, obviously, you, you know, you got drafted in the NFL, but what was that like? And knowing that people that are watching this, they might be Eagles fans, Sooners fans, Mustangs fans, but they're just a Grant fan. But how did you stay in that headspace of remaining humble, a man of faith, you know, with Sophie the whole time? But what, what was that journey like? And, you know, what kind of wisdom can you share with us today? You mean like when I, uh, after Oklahoma, that whole process? Yeah, but even like while you were there, yeah. you know, and I think that, to play at the highest level and to play with um, who was Baker, your initial quarterback, or was it Tanner? It was Baker. He was first. So you've got a Heisman trophy winner who is obviously a star in the NFL. And, you know, you were on the mountaintop and then, you know, you got some stuff that was out of your control that you had to just deal with. And, you know, you, you don't have any quit in you, but, you know, obviously it's one thing to look back now in retrospect a few years and, you know, say that you dealt with it, but, Maybe walk us through what that, you know, what that journey was like as a man where you were faced with something that most of us never faced, but you were faced with it out of the blue and, you know, you beat the crap out of it. So maybe, maybe explain that to us. Yeah. So I'd say um, to kind of cover it all, I, as a freshman, I, I was a little, I was a backup, you know, I, I played behind Mark Andrews, which was difficult. I'd never been a backup in my life. So at that point it was, you know, important to just stay the course, focus on what I can control and, you know, I was confident that my time would come. And, you know, luckily enough, I was a starter the next two years. Um, you know, played a ton of snaps, you know, had a bunch of touchdowns, won a bunch of games, all this and that. And like Rogers is pointing to, I had uh, some some injury issues. I had a, 
uh, problem with getting concussions. So I actually, I had uh, three concussions in a year. And, um, you know, as everybody in college, my goal was to play in the NFL. And that was looking really promising at that time. Um, you know, a lot of people were saying I could get drafted fairly high. And so I was really excited about that. And then, um, you know, after my third concussion, I actually decided to step away from football, which was, you know, obviously really difficult. Um, I was just kind of, you know, at that time weighing the options. And um, I felt like for my long-term health, the best thing for me to do is to step away, which was really difficult. Um, so, yeah, that, that was really tough. Um, I ended up um, finishing school and my next goal was to be a fireman. And so I kind of just jumped right into that. Um, I graduated from OU. I went to, I enrolled in EMT school right away um, in Chandler, Arizona. So I went to Arizona and then it was a two week program and COVID hit in the middle of our program. And so I, I left, oh, wow. I left Oklahoma with the full intention of coming back and I never went back. I, I finished school, uh, EMT school, went to California and just kind of started from there. I eventually had to come back and pack up all my stuff at, in Norman, Oklahoma. But, uh, yeah, I was just right, right back into California, uh, working construction. Um, I rolled myself, I enrolled in, uh, uh, community college to get a fire technology degree. Um, I was interviewing for jobs uh, to be a fireman, so just kind of went full 360 there. But the thing, I, the thing that was important to me at that time was, I've even talked to you about this, is we always say the only constant in life is change, and I think the most successful people adapt to change the best. And so right when I stopped playing football, for me, it was, okay, what else do I have passion for? And uh, it was firefighting, so I just you know jumped right into it as fast as I could, and uh, that helped me make that transition. And, 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 and I'm gonna I'm gonna call a timeout on you because this is not just any kind. This is just how big of a badass Grant is. Grant is as much of a man's man as I am not, but this is not just. I mean, any, any firefighter is a hero and a stud, but maybe let us know the kind of firefighting that you actually were most interested in. Um. Yeah, are you talking about the wildland stuff? Yeah. So. That was a, a one of the avenues that you can go. Um, there's um, there's wildland firefighting, which is um, obviously in California. We have a ton of wildfires, and so wildland firefighters will go in for weeks at a time, just to um, you know, you kind of camp out in the woods and try to fight fire without water, which is which is pretty tough and dangerous. And so that was one of the avenues that uh, I was interested in. It's a good kind of stepping stone for, for eventually being in a department and doing those kinds of things. So um, I was, I was close to doing that for a while. And, and then back to the, back to the journey. So you, you enroll in school, you, you're just kind of a figured out guy. And then, you know, maybe you heard about this real estate guy named Rogers in Dallas and you're like, how can I, you know, spend time with them. I guess I'll just start playing football, playing football again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. That's exactly what happened. So, yeah. yeah. Well, the full circle, here we are, but, <laughs> but no, for real, I mean, you pack up your stuff in Norman, you know, you, you kind of, you know, say goodbye to, you know, what you thought was the first phase of your, of your life onto the next thing, interviewing for jobs. And then 
what was the light bulb moment that, you know, brought you back into something that was probably your first love? Yeah, I would say it, it's hard. It's like so many things, but um, ultimately I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to live with regret. And I feel like if I didn't give it a shot, I would always, you know, wake up every now and then and wonder, okay, what would it be like if I went back to football? What would it, what would it have been like if I never stopped? And so I kind of figured, you know, I, I can, I can make this switch now. It's going to be really hard to make this switch, you know, five years from now. So I just wanted to give it another shot. Um, and like you said, football has always been my first love and I would have, you know, it would have, it would have hurt a lot to, to live with regret really. And so I just, I said, I'm going to take one more stab at this. I know I put myself way behind the eight ball, you know, uh, you know, way further back than I've ever been, but I knew if I was good enough, I would get a shot and all you need is an opportunity. And I feel like I was lucky enough to get drafted, but, um, you know, I got an opportunity and so I'm trying to take advantage of it. Well, even, even that, the preparation where you go to a new school, you, you know, this whole transfer portal, which I got educated on so many things, uh, with my relation, my friendship with Grant, but you know, at, at what point, uh, throughout the season last year, did you actually get into the headspace once again? Like, okay, this is actually, this is my time. And this is where I can go and, you know, fulfill a lifelong dream while still, you know, Staying humble and staying kind. What, what was that process like? Did you get a new dog with your with your rookie contract? No, is that a puppy? that is uh, Sophie's dog. One of the three. <laughs> one of the one of the three dogs that are here right now. They're obnoxious. Yeah. Um, so what what was what was what was that like? Like knowing that you you know you were big man on campus at another campus. Now you had a familiar quarterback that used to play with you right. at OU, and so you had you had that chemistry, but. At what point, these are questions I never asked you, but at what point during the season did you actually know, all right, here we are again. I've got a chance. Yeah, no, I'll, uh, from when I first got to SMU, it was actually pretty weird because you go from college and then you're in the real world, whatever, and then I, I'm back in college. So at first it was like, man, I'm not used to these coaches like getting on me. Like I kind of feel like a grown man now and now I'm back and in college and whatever. So that was a little weird at first, you know, um, feeling like I'm, you know, older and then, you know, being back in college, but it really didn't take very long to feel a part of the team um, and everything like that. But I would say um, there's probably two times where I felt, you know, I'm back and, you know, I'm in the groove, which was uh, my first spring practice, which was like 548 days since I had last put on a football helmet. Um, oh my God. I remember I ran, I ran a route. It was a corner route. Um, we called the play read. It's like a corner hitch combination. I caught, I caught a nice ball. Um, and now, you know, I popped up real fast and I was like, man, I'm back. And, uh, oddly enough, I went and watched that practice and I remember thinking like, damn, I'm really moving. Like, I feel really good. I remember I watched the tape and I was like, damn, dude, you're, uh, you're not looking that fast. You got a lot of work to do, but uh, it felt good to be back out there. And then I would say my first game, um, we had, you know, a few plays in the, in the game plan for me. And I remember it was our first drive and we were on, you know, the 25 yard line maybe. And uh, it was like a four birds concept. And I knew the mic was going to have to run with me and I knew that I could outrun him. And uh, I just kind of had that feeling with, with Tanner. We always had a great connection. And so uh, ball snapped and 
first ever pass to me in SMU at SMU as a touchdown. And so at that point, I just kind of let all, all the emotions out, uh, you know, was super fired up. Mm. And it was just a great moment for me and for Tanner, really, because he actually threw me my last pass ever at Oklahoma. Um, oh, the wow. pass that I ended up getting injured on. Um, so, yeah, it, it all kind of comes full circle. And uh, that was a, a really great moment for him and for, for me. Man, that's so special. I'm sure it was kind of a redemption for him, too, or his his memory of being associated with something negative turned into something. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. It was, it was awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So with all this success, and again, I, I never will understand this. I'll never experience success like you've had. And, I, I, and God did not give me the gifts where other than I think I've got decent hair and, but this yeah. takes a ton of product, but <laughs> all, all the lessons, all, all the lessons that you learned throughout this and having incredible coaches, incredible mentors and access to all this kind of stuff. Do you feel like you had the mental preparation for playing sports at a professional level? Uh, do you feel like you can look back and think about these moments that were kind of paramount where football actually taught you a lot of stuff other than just how to run a route? Yeah, no. And I feel like it's all stepping stones because I feel like now even I learned so much about football and, you know, how to be a pro. And, um, but really I feel like, yeah, like you said, there's so many, you know, times and, you know, little league, high school, college, professional football, where I've learned so many lessons and, you know, even some of the lessons that are most important are some that I learned really early. Like I remember my coach, in high school was big on attitude and effort. He says, those are the, the two things that you can control. And I feel like that's true now, like, especially the NFL as a rookie. It's like, yeah, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to get, you know, you're going to mess up. And so I think it's, you know, guys who play the hardest guys who have the best attitude, um, you know, that growth mindset, you know, something I learned at SMU and in class and my master's degree classes, but, um, yeah, like you said, I think it's um, a lot of the lessons that kind of build on each other. Um, and that helps, you know, being in tune with yourself, you know, knowing yourself as an athlete um, and as a person that have helped me be successful. Yeah. Um, so what was the preparation like? Again, for all of us ignorant <clears throat> people that didn't get uh, scouted to play college or go pro, what, what was that like where you had to graduate did you get a, you got a did you get a master's degree at smu as well um i'm not done with that uh, yeah i got like two-thirds of the way okay. done so you're, you're you're back in back in school again and then it's, it's time to actually prep for the nfl draft the season's over what was that like i mean walk, walk us through the you know getting an agent and going and figuring out where you're going to train which i think you trained in california yep. and then leading up to the actual draft day where i'm sure there was some nervous energy n nervous energy in there but you ended up obviously getting selected by you know, one of the most storied franchises in any sport ever. But what was that like? Where again, the fi the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset, but also not letting, I would never just use the word ego with you at all. Where most people in your situation, you know, given a God-given gift and the ability to go and do this, would make decisions that probably were not great long-term decisions. But how did you capture that? And then how did you prep for the NFL draft? Yeah, I would say that time was, was really stressful, honestly. You got to, I mean, you got to make a lot of decisions and you got to do all the right things. And then at the end of the day, you got to get lucky, you know? Um, but first off, you have to make a, a decision on an agent. And for me, that was, it came down to trust. 
And the guy that I ended up going with was, you know, really reputable, has a ton of guys in the NFL. And it's also a guy that I've known since I was like 14 years old. I, I went to high school with his, with his son, who's a year younger than me, oddly enough. Uh, oh, cool. So it really came down to trust and, you know, do these guys really have your best interest? You know, do they have a ton of relationships with guys in the NFL? You know, are they going to be honest with you or, or are they going to be, you know, the guy, oh yeah, you know, you're going to get drafted in the second round. You know, and then you don't get drafted, and that's, you see that happen all the time. And so, what I liked about my guy is that he was—he was always honest with me. He said, "You know, honestly, it's a long shot. You know, you're going to be lucky to get drafted um, just because of your, your medical history." Um, so there was that. You know, I ended up picking the right guy. Um, I went to the Senior Bowl, which is—they um, pick. I think it's like maybe a around 150 of the top seniors in college. And so I was lucky enough to go to that. Um, and then, what's tough about that is you play your last college game in December and then the senior bowl is um, the last week in January. And so it's like, okay, I gotta, I'm spending all this time getting ready for football to play one game. And so it's, it's kind of like the biggest interview of your life. So you spend a whole week in Mobile, Alabama, competing against the best seniors in, in uh, college football. And so I had, a, I, had a, I had a pretty good week there. You know, I played all right. Um, I, did, I did great in the interviews. Um, and then what's tough about that is you play that game, then you have a month until the combine, which is, which is really difficult. So you got to get out of football shape, get into combine shape, which is completely different. And uh, what's the what's the difference in what do you mean? Like How's football, that? I mean, training for football, it's like, you know, you're running routes, you're blocking people, you know, you're going over X's and O's. And then for the combine, it's just like you train so hard for like six drills. You know, it's like you're not even after the I mean, when I was doing the combine stuff, it's like I, I could never I feel like I can't really I'm not really a football player right now. I'm more like a track athlete is kind of how it is. Hmm. Um and so I went to the combine, uh, which is another obstacle that I had to overcome. I actually sprained my ankle a week before the combine. Uh, no way. Yeah. And so I actually planned on not doing anything um, and just doing all of my testing at Pro Day. But I decided to do the 40-yard dash, the bench press, and I did the position drills. Um, I did great at the four-yard dash. It was the third fastest time for tight ends on a sprained ankle, which uh, I was happy with. I thought I could do faster, but I'll take it. Um, I tested well, interviewed well. Um, what kind of what kind of questions do they ask you in the interviews? A lot of football IQ stuff. They'll ask you about you know plays that you ran in college. Um, you know, draw up your favorite play. You know, get on the whiteboard, draw up your favorite play. Uh, draw it up against this specific defense. Um, so you really got to have a lot of knowledge of football IQ. And then really it's just kind of like your basic wow. interview. Like they'll just ask you basic basic interview questions. You know, tell me about yourself. Tell me about a time you overcame adversity. Um, you know, stuff like that. Tell me about your family. Uh, tell me about your time at Oklahoma versus SMU. Um, you know, is it is it is it each team interviews you or is it one master interview? So at the Senior Bowl, you meet with all thirty-two teams. It's like speed dating. You meet with oh you meet God. with half one day, 
half the next day and it's like four and a half hours each day. And so it's, oh it's God. physically and, you know, mentally exhausting. And then at the combine, it's different. You basically just go into a big open room and just people will just grab you. Um, and so sometimes you could have a ton of interviews. Sometimes you don't have any. And so that's kind of like the, the mental part of it too, during that whole time is like, I mean, I'm not getting grabbed that much. You know, does that mean that they're not interested in me? Or does that mean, you know, I have kind of, I'm a kind of a clean cut guy and they don't really have anything on me. You know, it's kind of playing that mind game. And so really, I would say that whole NFL draft process is more mentally draining because it's just like, man, I just want this day to come and I want to know, am I getting drafted? Am I not? Where am I going? And so that's, it's so cliche, but that, that whole time is all control what you can control and whatever happens, happens. And so that time's stressful, but, um, I couldn't be happier with what happened for me. So, so, so you get there. So the, the, the NFL draft, how many days long is it? It's, uh, three days. So it's three days long and, and you're, you know, you got your agent who you trust. He's speaking wisdom to you also speaking, you know, uh, very black and white, which I think is great. And your, your name is called. You're in the sixth round. And did you know that it was about to happen? Or were you just sitting there kind of pins and needles each pick? Um, I had, I had, um, I felt good about it. I remember, um, I mean, most of the time there's like 10 tight ends drafted in the draft. And I knew this was a really deep tight end class. And so the third day of the draft came and, you know, they had, not that, you know, this matters, but they had, you know, guys, you know, you know, best guys available for day three. And I remember I was up there and I felt good. There were a lot of tight ends that were getting picked. And so I knew, you know, mine had a chance to be called. And then I think it was the middle of the sixth round. I actually got a call from one of my former OU coaches who is now the head coach of South Carolina. And he told me, hey, I just got off the phone with, the Eagles, he said, they don't know if they're going to draft. They don't know if they're going to draft you, but they really like you. That, and if they don't draft you, they want to take you as a as a free agent. And so, in my mind, that was like, okay, the Eagles are off the board. They don't want to draft me. Um, they want to take me as a free agent because at that time, you know, teams will start calling you and saying, hey, we, we want to take you as a free agent. It's almost like recruiting all over again, and, and which is crazy in itself. Um, cause you get a phone call and you're like, Oh, I'm going to get drafted. And then you answer and it's like, we want to take you as a free agent. But oh. <laughs> so that's pretty, I've heard horror stories about that. Um, Oh yeah. Like guys will get calls in like the that's fifth it. round and yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking. But, um, anyway, there was, um, um, you know, 20 minutes went by and, I got a call from, you know, Philadelphia area code. And I really thought it was going to be, you know, we want to take his free agent, but it was Howie Roseman. Um, and he said, we're going to take you with our next pick. And I was like, you know, holy shit, are you serious? <laughs> I think those are my first words. Um, but yeah, that's what I said. And uh, was obviously so excited. You know, I almost didn't believe it. And I had my whole family there. Uh, my fiance was there as well. And, yeah, it was awesome. It just felt like a huge weight off my shoulders. I could finally relax. Um, and it was great. My, my parents had actually planned like a, 
they didn't like I said they didn't know if I was going to get drafted so they kind of had like a party on hold and so once I got the call you know a bunch of family and friends came over and we celebrated and it was awesome my flight got canceled. I couldn't come. I was there. In- <laughs> yeah, uh, man. So, so, so here we are again. You're, you're drafted. You're at the the peak of your life, your your worldly life, other than uh, other than Sophie. And you know, how many teams are in the NFL? Thirty two. Thirty two. So one in thirty two chance you end up in the city of brotherly love, mm-hmm. and you show up, and it's starting over again. Yep. Right. And you have to kind of still you have to still make the team. You got to make it all happen. But maybe give us the, you know, the shortened version of what it was like to be an actual, which you still are. But you're seven, eight weeks into being a professional athlete, you know, on, on your resume. But what was that like being an actual rookie for a franchise with another Heisman winning quarterback in, uh, in Jalen? And you've got, you know, probably the most rabid fan base ever, which is probably comparable to OU. But what was that headspace like knowing that you had to prove yourself, but you had to stay, you know, you're a very stable and sturdy person. What, what was that journey like for you, even though it was a relatively short one? Oh uh, yeah, it was, it was great. I, I feel like I have really lucky with the organization because they, they're huge on player development. They really want guys to, you know, be in the system and see what, you know, see what they can get out of them. Like they want to get the most out of all their players. And so I really felt like I was going to have a lot of opportunities to show what I can do. And so that was really great. Uh, but like you said, it's like, I go from being so excited to being drafted to know it's like, okay, I'm leaving in like five days. Like now it's like, all right, now I, I, there's still a lot of unknowns. Like I still got to make the team. I'm the last, I was their last pick. Like, uh, you know, I really got to prove myself. And so, you know, I did great whenever I was, whenever I was in there, you know, I did a lot of good things, but I don't even know if you know this our third practice in camp, um, was having a great camp, uh, pulled my hamstring. So oh, no. pulled my hamstring was, was going to miss three weeks. So I missed first preseason game, second preseason game. And then I'm, I'm, I'm able to go the last week of camp with our last preseason game against Miami. And so I'm like, all right, this is it. Like if I don't do well, I'm going to get cut and my, my, uh, my chances are done. So we went to Miami to practice against them. Um, it's about hundred degrees, 90%, 90% humidity. It's the hottest practice I've ever been a part of. And so I go practice, I do pretty well, but I, this is the most tired I've ever been in my life. I lose like 11 pounds of sweat, uh, cramping, can barely think, can barely see. I'm just like, this is, I was like, you know, that practice, I was like fighting for my life. Like, I was like, this is, this is my whole career on the line. So I'm just trying to survive. So I practiced the first day, second day, we cancel practice because their whole team gets sick. So I'm like, man, that was my only chance. One practice. So we go to play, we go to play in the game and I I play pretty well. Um, and then cut to the next week. And I was like, I really didn't know because while I was out, all of our tight ends were doing really, really good. Um, we have a really talented room. And so I really thought, you know, that this might be it for me. I'm probably going to get a call and I'm going to get cut and that's going to be it. But I never got a call. So that's no news is good news. So I knew I made the team. And um, yeah, you know, 
I've overcame adversity my whole life. And so I felt like this was just another test. Like, you know, I accomplished my goal, which is to get drafted and then boom, another, another bout of adversity in my face. And, um, like we always say, I was able to control what I can control. You know, when my opportunities came, I, I did enough and, uh, I made the team and here we are six. No, did you consider just turning your, did you consider just turning your cell phone off for the week? Um, and that way I, I couldn't get a call. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that would have been smart. If I don't answer, I don't get cut. Yeah, that's true. I, no, I, that day was tough. It was like, I mean, you don't have anything that day. So it's like, you just wake up and just wait. And so I was just, oh, you know, God. I don't even know what I did. I think I just watched survivor or something on, on, on Netflix or something just to keep my mind off of it. But oh. I was, so, so you, you make the team, you get to pick your Jersey number. Um, after you make the team. Yeah. I had some options. It was either 81, 82 or I think that was it. Yeah. 81 or 82. And I chose 81. What was that surreal? I can't imagine picking my professional sports Jersey number. <laughs> um, it was good. I mean, as weird as it sounds, 47 did kind of grow on me. Um, it's a pretty gritty number, but, um, yeah, no, I had to get out of it. I had to get in the eighties. So, uh, while we're on the topic of jerseys, um, I don't know if you know this, but I've been asking you for a Jersey now <laughs> for a few years. So, um, we're going to end with that it's question. On the but, way. Okay. So here, you, you, you make, you make the team, you get to start posting really fun Instagram pictures and your really cool suits with your tight end bro yeah. pack. Yeah. Um, and, you get your first catch. Yeah. Your first catch at SMU is a touchdown. Can you walk us through your first catch as a professional football player for the Philadelphia Eagles? How many yards was it, sir? 40. 40 yards. Um, so what was that like knowing that here you are once again, uh, sweet redemption, your first, your first catch? What was that feeling like? Did you, have, did, what, did you play it cool because it was obviously in a game? Was it just like, was it slow motion when the ball was coming at you? What did that feel like? Uh, it felt great. I mean, I, I remember... Um, you know, some guys were a little banged up. And so I had an opportunity to go in there and, uh, I remember my coach said, just like, just go have fun. Like winked at me or something. He, he's real cool. He lets me play loose and everything. And so, um, he was, he was awesome. He, he didn't make, I mean, I'm not really a nervous guy anyway, but you know, he, he always makes you feel like, you know, he's got all the confidence in you in the world. And so. Yeah, I remember the I remember the play. I remember going, okay, this this could go to me here if it's the right coverage. And then I uh, ran like a like a deep over, and there was nobody around me. And so I figured, okay, ball's coming to me. And Jalen put it right on the <laughs> Jalen put it right on the money, and I caught it, made it made a good move, and uh, got some yards. God, did you keep the ball? No, I didn't keep the ball. Uh, I was going to ask. For um, <laughs> yeah. So, so a, another dream realized, and, and here you are at such a young age and you've got so much wisdom and, and discernment and uh, just a word I would use to describe you is steady. And, you know, we, we reached a point in the interview in, the, in your episode where, you know, we ask you the cliche stuff where uh, I, I'd love to know the advice you would give to somebody like the best advice you've received, whether it's control, what you can control you know, stay focused or stay humble, but what's the advice you give somebody, whether it's a, a future former athlete, it's one of your teammates, it's someone like me, what, what, what would you give somebody as far as the best wisdom you could impart on them? Mm, that's tough. I mean, 
I would say almost honestly, the theme of my the theme of my life or my career in football is has honestly been um, it's it's been you know overcoming adversity and it's been overcoming or uh, controlling what I can control. Like in high school, um, it took a long time for me to to get looks from colleges, and all I had to do was overcome that adversity and control what I can control and and work hard at what I knew was going to help me be successful. And that's what I've done um, kind of in every phase of my football career in, in very different ways. You know, in college, it was stepping away from football um, and overcoming that adversity. And when it came to firefighting, it's, you know, it's a long, it's a long, hard process getting, getting hired. And so um, I, I controlled what I can control and uh, put my best foot forward, you know, made connections, leaned on people. Um, and then at SMU, the same thing. Um, Rogers was somebody I was able to lean on uh, because I didn't know if my professional career was going to make it. We talked a, a lot about, you know, personal development, uh, putting yourself in your best position to be successful as a professional whenever life after, whenever it is life after ball for you. And so um, that's what I would say, you know, control what you can control. Um, adversity is always going to be there and it's about, how you how you react to adversity, how you react to change is kind of what what'll you know help you be successful. I love it, man. This is this is awesome. Uh, just a off color question: Who plays you in the movie? Like, who's playing Grant in twenty years? I could probably play you, um, but I'm probably busy. Um, who who plays you in the movie? Oh, I have no idea. It'd probably have to be a a young guy. Oh man. I have no idea. Bradley Cooper is what he just texted me. Bradley <laughs> Cooper will play the Grant Grant the movie. He's an Eagles fan. Um what what are you uh, Oh yeah, he is he's an Eagles big. fan. He's from Philly. Yeah, he was at one uh, really? Silver Linings Playbook was filmed in Philly, I think. Yeah. So what what are you remembered for? You look back um, when you're my age, you're a lot older and you've done all these things and you've, you found success pretty damn quickly. W what do you want to be remembered for? What do you think your legacy is going to be? Oh man. Honestly, I feel like, um, most importantly, just I feel like what you're remembered for is kind of how your peers talk about you. And I feel like people would say that I'm an easygoing guy. Um, when it comes to, I'm a great teammate. Um, I work my ass off. I always put the team first and I feel like, you know, you could always say you can count on me to, to, uh, to step in for the team, you know, to, to make a big play, to do the right thing, uh, to help guys out. I feel like I've always done a good job of, um, you know, passing it forward, you know, helping the young guy out, um, uh, because I know you know, somebody did it for me. So I feel like, you know, just that, um, that's kind of what I want to be, uh, remembered for. I love it. Last question. How do we support you? How do we find you online? Mm. How do we become more than just a fan? What's the best way to support, uh, Grant Calcaterra and his mission? Oh man. Um, That's hard to say right now. Well, let's start with let's start with low level. What's your Instagram handle, Instagram please? Instagram handle is Grant.calc, C-A-L-C. 
So there's there's one way there's to support. One but what else can we do to support? There's one way, and I I know um, later on in the season I'm going to be involved in uh, uh, some charities, uh, some fire some firefighting charities back in California um, to help you know families of fallen firefighters. Um, the National Fallen Firefighter Foundation is one that I'm going to be associated with. Um, it helps you know families of uh, fallen firefighters, um, you know, gives them financial support, helps their kids go to school, go to college, um, kind of anything that they need. I'm going to be affiliated with them here pretty soon. And so I really don't need anything, but I know, you know, those kids, those families will, will need something. So, uh, um, we do a thing in the NFL called my cleats, my cause. And so that's the one that I'm going to be, um, associating myself with. And so that would help, help me out. I guess that would help me feel good about, uh, spreading awareness because you know it's a big issue around the around the country, especially California. And so, I really don't need anything, but um, you know that would that would make me feel good if you guys could uh, could help that foundation. Yeah, we'll we'll wait for this to air until that's all set up. Yeah. And that way, the timing of it is is strategic. Cool. Um, well, man, I'm I'm proud to be your friend, and it, it's been so fun just taking a you know a front row seat to everything you've done in a short amount of time of us being. Uh, being friends, but congrats. I'm, I'm, uh, this has been a lot of fun chatting with you. I'm glad we finally got to do yeah. it and we'll keep rooting for, we'll keep rooting for you. And for the biggest thing you've got coming up is your upcoming wedding. So I know that's July. That's yep. going to be the coolest thing I've ever yep. experienced. So uh, thanks for being a part of this. Thanks for being a friend and uh, thanks for, thanks for uh, making us proud. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. Hi, I'm Grant Calcaterra. This is how you sell without selling out. Roger's that.